right. Well, they said it would could never be done, but we are here on episode number 20. 20. 20. Of the Unregulated Podcast. This is going to have to go in the bio shortly. I am your co-host, Tom Pyle, president of the American Energy Alliance. And I'm your flight attendant, Mike McKenna. We are back uh, after a... Oh, I should say the walls are coming down. There are a lot fewer guns. Yeah, in yeah, this, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, in the form and, of the National Guard here in our and the restaurants beloved are nation's open. capital, um, the restaurants are open. Democrats don't like walls or guns, except when they walls have don't inaugurations. Work. Walls I don't work. Guess? Walls don't work. So walls don't work. All it, right. So uh, so twenty five thousand guardsmen and nobody invaded. It is kind of disappointing. I mean, we got those guys out of bed for like nothing. Here we are. Uh, it is now upon us. President Biden, Vice President Harris, uh, in the last two days, uh, they have unleashed a flurry. Torrent. A torrent. Of executive orders. The dam has burst. No wall can contain the executive orders. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Would you like to tell us how... You you witnessed what your what are your thoughts about these past few days, Mr. McCann? Yeah, what a you know. So okay, here's my big thought. You know, executive orders are basically um, press releases, right? They they you know they they are like here's what we're gonna do, and sometimes it's like you know in in the in the instance of the climate change one, it was like an instruction to a bunch of agencies saying do this, do that, do this other thing. the two the two parts that were interesting was um, they're going after the social cost of carbon as predicted. Well, by right? going after you, mean they're going to ramp it back up. To yeah, yeah well, yeah, the numbers going to pretty much they're you know all of it. Yeah, extra legal existence. The numbers going to really shock people because yes. I think it's going to be like 125 bucks. It's going to be some really big number, and it's it's um, and then the other thing they did they did a couple other things right. They they're going to they 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 sent away OMB to to rethink circular A four right. Um, which is sort of guides all this stuff. Okay, um, but can you give it a little bit more detail on that? Sure. A, a, a4 um, lists out the process by which agencies have to um, use discount rates, um, how they have to account for uh, essentially costs of regulations. And you know, the fact that A4 says, look, you try, you, you should run everything on a 3% discount rate, 7% discount rate, and you should only be concerned about domestic costs and benefits. I predict we're going to have an OMB come back and say, we're going to use discount rates of 1% and 3%, and we're going to count international benefits because it's the only way you can make this stuff look good. So yeah. th- those were the only – Which is what we un- – what was undone yeah, yeah, yeah. in the previous administration. Th- those, were the so. only, those were the only two material things that I saw. The rest of it was press release. What, what has impressed me in the last couple of days is the um, – swiftness with which they have populated the federal government. These guys know what they're doing, and they took full advantage of transition, um, which is something we unfortunately didn't get a chance to do. Um, you know, it, it, the Trump administration was handicapped from the get-go because they did not have a good transition. And I placed that squarely at the feet of Steve Bannon, um, you know, who I'm a, a moderate-sized fan of, but by stopping transition all the work that had been done prior to the election and throwing it out it it essentially voided the whole operation well it also i mean they had an operation and then they overlaid it with a whole nother set of people and it created power struggles and and all kinds of of other unfortunate uh, yeah. internal strife that basically hamstrung our ability to proceed in a in a sort of aggressive fashion um, it yeah. was it was not well executed. Yeah, I mean, and, and I and I was somebody who was very high profile as a result of trying to do my job um, of ferreting out yeah. <laughs> what the previous administration was doing. Um, and you know, but that's that's my, then, and this is now. And they're that you're right. I mean, they've got look. The, it's the best. It's the best transition I've ever seen. It, and, and, and it's now the third ter- Obama term. It is, is what it is. It is. They but, wouldn't have had a transition were it not for Trump. I mean, that this is what this is about. And by the way, I've noticed that um, I, I almost have feel sorry now for the EPA uh, nominee because now they've oh, supplanted. Yeah. Um, He's you know uh, uh, Dan. You you 
UTEC, so UTEC, UTEC as chief of staff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you've got I Janet do. McCabe. As deputy, as deputy, yeah. you got UTEC, and you got Gino over at you the White Gina House. Sitting, you got Dave Hay sitting over at the yeah, White House. Who's going to run Interior? Yeah, it. it so it, these these cabinet, it, it, these are the the most diverse cabinet. Might as well have strings, yeah, yeah, attached yeah. to their I, arms and legs because they are not going to be running you, these. You know, when, it, the funny thing is, when you get to the big house, um, you. Your whole life, you think of cabinet secretaries as important people, and then you get to the big house and you actually see them, and like on a routine basis, and you realize these guys are every bit as incompetent as I am. Um, and the difference is that you know, no other White House has ever had the bandwidth that these guys have assembled to actually run the agencies out of out of you know West Exec, but that's what these guys have done. The, the good thing about transition, right? There's a good thing for everything, right? Um, Good thing about this transition is next time there's a Republican president, um, we've now seen what a transition can look like, and there's going to be a lot of um, pressure to do at least as well as these guys. Yeah, I don't know that – I don't. I'm not sure that they're setting themselves up for it next time. Oh, it, it, it's – I mean <laughs> – Well, the, the, let's put it this way. The midterms have always been sort of my, okay, that this is what we're working towards, but – after what I've seen in the last couple of days, I'm not sure these Republicans are going to actually be interested in fighting. Well, you know, it. it uh, look, everybody. Janet Yellen was just unanimously approved in the committee. Yeah, right? why not? Uh, and why not? She's uh, fine. I just uh, I've got an She's... article from E and E News that says Washington Rep. Kathy McMorris Rogers, yeah. the new top Republican on the Energy and Commerce Committee. Yeah is signaling a potentially more bipartisan and less ideological push on energy and environmental issues. With her ranking member choices, it goes on to say that, you know, uh, her, her, her picks are all willing to cross the aisle and work with the Democrats. Did she say that? Did the reporter say that? Or did the picks say that? Because I know at least, you she know. She said the role of the Energy Commerce Committee is to, quote, win hearts and minds. <laughs> did, you know, and that does... maneuvering around the panel's consequential portfolio, if done right, Holds the key to winning back the majority. Okay, so John, so John Dingle, two things, right? First off, winning hearts and minds. I wonder if these guys know that was a discredited um, relic of the Vietnam era, right? The the guys who came up with that lost the war in Vietnam for us. And then second, John Dingle never thought about winning hearts and minds in his life. He thought about winning arguments and winning policy debates and winning votes. Um, who wrote that? Which reporter wrote that? Do you know? Uh, George Kalink. 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 Emma, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh Emma, so. wow Emma's Emma's a, you know she's a one she's an activist more than a reporter. Well, well I mean George George is a pretty good reporter, but Emma, man, they're um, owned now by Politico. By the way, here's so. yeah here's the deal. Um, these guys are going to get through. You know there'll be one or two that that stub their toe, but everybody gets through in the first go around. Um, it's what happens when they get there. It's the assistant secretaries. You know it it. Yeah, I understand, but I don't. I don't. Um, I, I think maybe they were blown back by this by the events at the Capitol. I'm uh, amazed. I'm actually amazed that everybody is as sturdy as they have been, given the given the amount of artillery that's been um, coming incoming on them. Right? You think about the impeachment vote. There's a you know, whatever the hell it was, 187, 197 to 10, right? To only lose 10 guys on that vote after the week and two weeks that everybody had um, is remarkable. And we're about to see a Senate thing, right? Um, say, uh, articles of impeachment are going to get transmitted on Monday. Yeah, I just saw it came over the transit. Yeah. So we're, and they're still negotiating a quote-unquote power-sharing agreement right now right. between and McConnell and, um, so and Schumer. Can I pick about media media for a second. Not media bias, but media cluelessness. So everybody, you know, McConnell came out top of the week and said, hey, you know, Trump was responsible in part for this thing, the mob and blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, oh, this is great. You know, McConnell's going to vote to convict. Um, and I've been sitting on conference calls with customers and whatnot all week where, you know, lobbyists have been like, ah, McConnell's going to vote to, to to convict. I'm like, hey, dummy, as long as that power sharing thing's sitting out there, that's going to be McConnell's um, default answer, right? He's he's using it to to bait the Democrats into trying to get them, trying to lock them in on the filibuster. Now, it's I don't know if it's going to work, but it's pretty smart. And the fact that the media hasn't seen it yet kind of makes me wonder about the guys who cover the hill. 
Well, I don't know that you could call them reporters anymore, honestly, like in the general sense. I mean, I've been harping on this, but, you know, uh, the, the narrative has already shifted, right? Um, Chris Wallace said Chris it was Wallace, the mo- yeah, most amazing most... inaugural speech in but, his lifetime. Know, I, I have to be honest with you about these inaugural speeches. They're all the same. They're all the same. And you know <laughs> they're not all the same. They're all well, except for they're president, except same. for President Trump. I was at the Canadian embassy, <laughs> except for President Trump. I was, and a friend of mine who shared, uh, who who I was with, by the way, happy birthday. Um, we were sitting in a room with a bunch of Canadian ambassador types and their friends and their family because we were there, yeah. you know, during the speech part. Because. <laughs> everyone in the room looked at me and my friend and we're like what was what was was that that? he loves america America. (laughs) that's the only thing i could say so it was not like any other but the call for unity however didn't last very long how long did you expect it to last i didn't expect it to last but we're definitely uh what do you have in mind what 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 felt in what way did you feel disunion (laughs) (laughs) The fact that they had a private party uh, within a within a uh, you know a, in a completely walled off area with you know how many did you say were here in the, from twenty five thousand twenty five thousand two divisions more than any more than anybody stationed in the Middle East. I, I think it's more than I think with the exception with the possible exception of Germany and Korea, it is more than any other place overseas that we have people. I think there's probably. There probably aren't 25,000 people stationed in Hawaii right now to give I you a sense of it. I have never seen anything in my life like what I witnessed last week. I still don't know what they were trying to accomplish. I, I looked at them like, I don't get any of this. I mean, I'm not a genius, but I couldn't tell if they're show of force, uh, world's changing, or this, that, the other thing. It Truthfully, was... I hate to say this, but I agree with Bernie Sanders. Show up with the park up. The mail that you got to drop off after the inauguration. <laughs> yeah, he's <so> dirty. <laughs> I guess the, his his outfit created a uh, uh, meme sensation. It did. And you know the funny uh, thing is when you I mean you think about it, the guy lives in Vermont like six months a year. This is like normal. Yeah, man. Like, he's got like, his mittens. Dude, it's cold. It's all good. Put, put your mittens in your park on. But really, uh, the the image is it speaks volumes. Uh, uh, you, if you're Bernie Sanders, you're looking at the world, and I don't think rightly, but he's I'm sure he's looking at the world thinking. Is twice has been robbed from me. Well, twice. I, I, I don't think he's looking at it the wrong way. I don't. I think this has been robbed from a lot of people. I don't think anybody's so. entitled to anything. Um, so I'm not sure people can rob you of something you don't have. But yeah, I get your point, and yeah. I get Bernie's point, and I love the I love the parka, the whole the whole I don't care attitude. I just totally dig it. Yeah. So um, Biden issued a, a, a as a, as we mentioned a flurry of executive orders. One of which, I'll get back to energy, but it was the mask order. Uh, yeah. All masks, masking at all times on federal property. I guess maybe there's an exception for yes. eating or drinking. I don't know. But where several hours later. Yeah, yeah. Shows up at the Lincoln Memorial. He shows up at the Lincoln Memorial with, I don't know what I don't know. image he was going for there. Like somber, like, dis, you know, unity or whatever. Without his mask. Yeah, I know. I saw that. You know, this whole thing has been so funny because when he first got, you know, elected, he's like, or during a campaign, we're going to have a mask. I'm going to have a mask mandate for the whole nation. And then, you know, somebody told him, yeah, you can't actually do that, Skip. And over time, it shrunk down to, okay, we're going to have a mask mandate on federal property. And then, like you say, about it lasted about six hours <clears throat> before yeah. the commander in chief and the senior federal official on federal property in the District of Columbia. Um, Managed to walk around without a mask, yeah. and, and his it, and his handler, right? His 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 handler in chief, doctor, <clears throat> doctor, doctor, Jilly. Jill Biden, Doctor Jilly, Doctor Jill Biden, um, somehow managed to let him walk around without a mask on long enough for a photographer to get the picture. Now, also had his first little snap at a reporter uh, for his. No, I missed that. his corona uh, virus. Oh, was this come on, man? Resp- yeah, yeah. The the come on man came along because uh, he asked if that was. Enough, hundred thousand. Ambitious enough. It was 100 ambitious, hundred million, because well, because that's basically what we're on track exactly. to do. Exactly, what we're on track to do. And I want to play exactly. this clip too, because, um, boy, oh boy, no one liked Donald Trump's COVID response <laughs> and how he handled it. And of course, they're going to rename Operation Warp Speed. But this is from NPR. Let me play this. Absolutely. 
Well, you were on the show on Tuesday laying out some last-minute changes the Trump administration was making to the vaccine rollout. What is Biden planning to do with those ideas? Well, he's following through with a lot of them, actually. Uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services Alex Azar said their administration was urging states to expand eligibility to people age 65 and older, get pharmacies engaged and get mass vaccination sites launched, and that they would be releasing second doses that had been kept in reserve. All of those things are here in Biden's plan, more or less. One difference is the Trump administration urged states to open things up to 100 million people with underlying conditions. Biden makes no mention of that at this point. He puts a new emphasis on essential workers like grocery store staff and teachers and transportation workers. So if a lot of those ideas are being carried over, does this represent a dramatic change to the current vaccination program? Right. So even though the Biden called the rollout this far a dismal failure, the plan kind of seems like Operation Warp Speed with a twist. Biden officials say they'll be scrapping that name, by the way, but they are keeping one of the heads of the effort, Army General Gus Perna, and some of the policies just with more federal funding and involvement. It could be that public health officials will be relieved. There's some continuity here. They're kind of midstream and a totally new approach might be disruptive. All right. Yeah. Just wanted to point out that um, if we did have a media in this country, which, you know, uh, I question these days, these kind of questions would be asked. Why? Why is this different? And and the reporter who uh, Biden snapped at was alluding to that to some extent. Yeah, I think. So. And I see. Right. That's the thing about it. You know, you're you're. You're expecting too much from Republicans and you're expecting too much from the reporters, right? It's going to take everybody a, a couple of weeks to adjust to their new roles, right? I guarantee you within the next week, some reporter reporters are going to say, so basically what you guys did was just change the name and kept the whole thing. Come on, man. And, and that's the answer they're going to get back. Come on, man. Okay, but the, and Jim, and I'm not going to play the clip of the Biden right. snap, Thank but you. I, I do. But that. I want because we're gonna, we're going to have a montage of it yeah. in a month or so. Yeah. yeah, but I want to point out that the the alarming thing in that clip was not the response; it was the way that his handlers were ushering these reporters out yeah. of the room. Yeah. I mean, everyone complains. Everyone complains. Oh, we didn't have the press conferences the daily press briefings and yeah. oh you know trump just destroyed all these institutions and these norms he was the most accessible well modern president in part because he oh he was his own press secretary yeah he was but he was available and accessible and you didn't what you didn't wonder yeah i mean he was where but, he was but, on but, stuff but look the thing is is that this is the mismatch between politics and reporting right reporters have to cough up something every day at 2 30 between 2 30 and six o'clock right um and the the way the the way the press briefings have always been set up is you do your pencil and pad at 10 in the morning and then you do that silly you know stump the press secretary at noon on camera and by two o'clock everybody's filed and they go out for a late lunch and that's that or right? martinis right whatever you know but but they're done and that's why the white house press corps is the white house press corps right there hand-fed by the guys they're supposed to be covering. And what made Trump different was he's like, yeah, I don't I don't feel like hand-feeding you on your schedule. I'm going to hand-feed you on my schedule. That's right. Um, and I'm not going to answer all your fool questions. I'm just going to answer some of your fool questions. The difference between President Trump and other presidents is other presidents have been at the racket for a long time. So they learned how to say, hey, why don't you go after yourself in a much more graceful way, right? He, the boss never learned how to had how to, how to elide questions in a graceful way. His attitude was always, that's a stupid question. Sometimes he'd say it. So, Okay, um, back to the executive, the flurry of executive orders uh, that are energy and environment related. Uh, just to, to sort of close out the social cost yeah. of carbon thing, and it's something that most, I'm guessing our 100 listeners are going to understand. Both of our listeners li but, understand. Um, one of the, uh, the new twists uh, for, for this go-round is that the SEC must uh, adequately take account of climate risk, yep. environmental justice, yeah, the EJ thing, and intergenerational equity. Yeah, um, th this is going to be this is going to be a really interesting for for academics and geeks like me. This is going to be a really interesting administration, and I'll tell you why. 
because they have cross purposes, even inside energy, even inside energy and environmental issues, leave aside cross issue, cross purposes, right? Um, you're not going to be able to, um, it's going to be very difficult to do things that they want to do um, without the NEPA reforms that they just um, shot in the head and left for dead, right, as part of the executive order. Which w didn't go far enough. Which didn't go near far enough, right? right. They're not going to be able to build a transmission they need unless they're prepared to um, put a leash on Fish and Wildlife Service, right? Because every stream crossing is going to be an event. They're not going to be able to build what they want to build offshore unless they're fully prepared to have offshore, um, have onshore facilities, which, guess what, are almost always tangled up with EJ issues. So... Um, and, it, and you've already seen it once, right? Nobody nobody talked about it, but you've seen it once. Um, Mary Nichols should be running EPA, but Mary Nichols isn't running EPA. Yes. And why? Because the EJ crowd, because the, 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 you know. Because the EJ they, warriors put a bullet in her. Right. Justice, um, the, the Hall of Justice. And, you know, everybody's like, well, what difference does it make? Well, Mary is the best of that crowd. She's the smartest of that crowd. Um, so, you know, already the administration is puts it, puts itself down by a touchdown, right, because they, their best player isn't on the field. Now, yeah, but I, I you know, it's never stopped them from, you know, NRDC wrote the clean power plan for them, right? So it's not going to stop the outs, the greens from no, you know, no, no. basically. Like, no, they're going to keep doing their thing. But, right. but you know, it's what I'm saying is, is that. They have a bunch of internal contradictions. They also have, have a constitution to concern themselves with because yeah, a lot of the stuff that they're on, trying to come do Come on. Who cares is, about that? Uh, it will be challenged. Who cares uh, about that? Based on how, how do you discriminate it, it, you know. with federal money and stuff like that? I mean, they're talking about you know front-loading front it with certain constituencies, but their constituencies. Biden, Biden said right so, out of the gate that the, the small business stuff for the stimulus were going to go to – um, black and brown and Native American communities. I, I assume he threw the LBGTQ crowd in there as well. But um, but yeah, I thought it's a it's an interesting thing, and it's going to show up in courts all over the land, right? Okay, uh, Keystone XL pipeline. Yeah, on again, off again, on again, off again, on again, off again. Yeah. Now off again. What lesson did you learn from Keystone I got getting two rejected? Primary lessons from that. Yeah. Uh, one is that. Um, you can't even in this climate. You can't buy affection if you are in the energy industry. Yeah, um, the the company that uh, made a valiant effort to try to green up the uh, the pipeline and and sort of lean into Biden's talking points on uh, unions and all that and didn't did to no avail. This pipeline's going to get built. It's going to get completed eventually. There's about, what, 300-something miles left? There's not much, yeah. And it's about um, six-sevenths, so it's at about 85% done. It's about 85% done. Um, and it is going to be a, a an important component of our North American energy security. There he is. Right? There he is. Um, the, the oil from Alberta is suited for the refineries in the Gulf. The other place where the oil is suited for the refineries in the Gulf is Venezuela. Yeah, I I surely would prefer to to, to jet, uh, you know, get my oil from Canada than Venezuela. Yeah, I mean it. You know, it's it's has been president for two days, two full days. What we've got is KXL was um, was um, killed. KXL was killed, and they announced a 60-day pause on drilling on federal land, um, on you know granting or drilling rights on federal land. Um, it's not good. It's no. not good. And and I, and I told I mean, you're not as worried about this stuff. Oh, I'm not worried I, about it because it's it, temporary. I'm not worried about okay, it because it's but, temporary. I mean, they're moving. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're doing. Look, look. I hate to say this, and this pay attention, everybody out there. This is this is what we mean when we say elections have consequences. Yes, indeed. Um, if you're a citizen, or and, or if you're a you know a mailed in ballot, if you're a, <laughs> if you're a citizen and you don't like it, you fortunately have recourse. So the the lesson I took was yours, but a little harder. Um, throwing your guns down doesn't work. The, there's no surrender. This is not. I was asked by um, Ben. St Starro? How do you say his last name? Starro. Starro. Yeah. 
uh, all about this, and the parts that they left out, of course, were these were the were the important parts. You cannot negotiate with someone who wants to eliminate you. Yeah. It 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 um. There's like no said, there's no middle position. Yeah, like I said, you can't throw your guns down. There's no middle position. Yeah. This wor- worries me because, as you mentioned, uh, the day after the first day, there was a pause on on per- uh, permitting on oil and gas on federal lands. Yeah. Okay. Which, by the way, the, the behavior of of large producers. Well, is problematic. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was interesting that in that story, um, uh, in the Politico story on it, I think it was Politico story. In the Politico story on it, the only person from industry who who was quoted was our friend Kathleen Scamma from the Western. What is it Energy Alliance? I guess now. Mm-hmm. Um, she was it. She'd be a great guest, by the way. She would she be a great guest. Own. She's terrifying. Um, <laughs> In a good way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, 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 you know what? It'd be the only time in our lives we'd look like the moderates in a room. Um, we'd feel like Nelson Rockefeller. The thing that the thing that cracked me up is, of course, um, KXL and the drilling pause. This, both of them happen right after API does what on methane. Uh, oh, I'm going to get into that. Yeah. Um, and and this, I want to tie it all together. Yes, please do. Oilprice.com reports major oil producers insulated from Biden's leasing ban. The biggest U.S. oil producers operate on federal land have years' worth of drilling permits and don't expect much to change in the short to medium term if President Joe Biden moves to ban new oil and gas leasing on federal lands and waters. The small independent shell drillers, however, especially those that have large a large part of their operations coming from the federal lands are concerned and some think that the U.S. administration banning new federal lease sales could pose an existential threat to their companies, shell executives told Reuters in interviews. Okay, so tie it together. Mike Summers, API tweet. API supports direct regulation of methane emissions from new and existing sources and wants to work with the Biden administration to help out workable regulatory regime. Yeah. I want to read the quote. Yeah, I was going to say. We believe that the direct regulation of methane from new and existing sources is key to public confidence in our industry's performance as we engage with the new administration. Yeah. Okay. I tweeted the key to public confidence in an industry's performance is and is the performance of the industry. Yeah, exactly. They, this is scary. Well, it it you know, it it look, I mean, these guys, the guys who the guy who said that and these guys who write it, right? They're 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 they've lived in Washington for at least their entire professional lives. This and is they Atlas it, shrugged. Well, I don't know what that means. I don't read books by um pay, we, by we um you know they've lived in DC their whole lives. Their their audience is um, are there fellow folks here in town? Um, and they they honestly believe that a regulatory structure um, leads to greater public confidence. When you know you ask the public, they're like, "Are you kidding me?" I know everybody um, who's involved in the regulatory structure um, buys their way into or out of or around it, right? So it it's a really swampy thing to say. I hate to use that word, but it's true, man. It's a totally swampy thing to say. Like, we're looking for validation from you because you got the guns and the badges. Yep. It's it, crazy. It is. Uh, it's crazy. They will, they, will, they will come to regret I was going to say, we need to stash that quote because about two years from now when he decides, whoop, wait a minute, just like the KXL guys, whoop, maybe we shouldn't have thrown our guns down. Correct. You shouldn't have thrown your they guns down. Re- they will come to regret that statement. And, and the thing is, is this overarching thing here is – this nexus of big, big business and big government. Yeah, man. And in, in all of the COVID response and, and what we've seen with these uh, orders so far is the small guy is getting yeah. hammered. Yeah. Hammered. And they're not being, they're not speaking. The media doesn't, whenever a reporter asks me who I should talk to, I said, well, I tell you all the time you should talk to independent producers 
but you always bypass them and go straight to yeah. the big guys. Yeah. So So what's the point? It it's um So why ask me if you're gonna do the same thing over and over? You know, who does the fifteen dollar minimum wage hurt? Small business, the okay. little guy. Correct. Who does who does all of this directing energy from Washington hurt? Well, hopefully it eventually hurts the integrateds, but yeah, I'm afraid the answer is it hurts the little guys, the the small DMP guys, the independent refiners, the independent um, producers, um, and of course the pipelines. Yeah, look, the bottom line is, is I do believe that the Keystone uh, XL pipeline will eventually get completed. Yeah, so do uh, I. It will. It may not be under this current ownership. Uh, it may be. Um, it may not be tomorrow, but it will eventually. They'll eventually close that thing up. Until then, um, the guys who pipe and truck the stuff certainly benefit. Burlington. I mean, uh, Bur rail and, 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 Burlington, and truck the stuff. The Burlington Northern and Santa Fe Railroad. Owned by? Who does that? Who owns that? Wait a minute. Mm. Hold on. It's a guy from Nebraska. Yeah. The, Give me a the second. Oracle. It's Jane Klebe. No, wait a minute. <laughs> Jane, we're thinking uh, about you. So everything is just so transparent. If you just do a little bit of scratching, it's it's um, okay. It's, it's a great country. So um, yeah. So the big ones are, of course, Keystone, Federal Lands, and uh, I don't know what Harris. Oh, we're yeah. back, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who cares? I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I say who cares? <laughs> I, of course, don't mean who cares. Are, I mean who cares. We are reasserting ourselves on the world stage. We're finally shed of this this nonsense of that we handle our own business. Uh, we're back. Yeah, so, I'm curious to see what they come up with for as a national determined, nationally determined. Um, I, I think that they're going to use the federal lands ban as their uh, as their. It's possible. In their suitcase of here's what we're going to do to hamstring our economy. It's possible. You know, the Biden guys are kind of in a bad spot on this, and I'll tell you why. Because most of the easy stuff has already been done, switching out coal to gas. Of course. Yeah. Now they're going to have to actually get some hard stuff, which is going to involve switching out gasoline vehicles to electric vehicles. My guess is that it's not going to happen in any kind of time frame that's going to be meaningful to Paris guys. It, it I, I would say I feel bad for them. But the whole thing is so symbolic and so ridiculous. I don't feel that bad for him. Well, I do. I do think that um, I find it funny that the the press is saying, "Well, Republicans are still opposed, using the same old tire talking points." Uh, but again, the chamber is supportive of getting into the Paris Agreement. So who's who's left here? Who's in, who's standing in the way? Those old dinosaur Republicans. Yeah, it it's um, I'm like what? It's a freebie for these guys. It's it, it doesn't impact their bottom lines. Yeah, one reporter say. said, "Well, you know, you the same could be said for for uh, Keystone because they knew that was going to happen too, but they were opposed to that. The APIs in the world, it uh, directly affects their bottom line. Yeah, well, you know what? What nobody seems to get here is that um. We're involved in a policy contest. Um, you don't give anybody any freebies. You don't stipulate to anything. You make the other side fight for everything yeah. they have, which is, you know, if the shoe was on the other foot, that's what the other guys, other side guys do to us. And I'm not saying be mean or angry or any of that other stuff, but, you know, you point out the holes in the guy's argument every time you get Absolutely. a chance. Otherwise, you're not doing what you're getting paid for. And also, you give ground. It's not like you're, they're going to go away. They yeah. don't ever go away. You, well, when the when the other side wants to eliminate you, they won't stop until you're eliminated. Well, remember what remember what um, remember what Lenin used to say, right? When asked about strategy, probe until you meet steel. Right? You know that that is a that is that is good that is good advice. You keep going until somebody says that's far enough. So, um, in addition to the um, Keystone decision, Paris, basically, as you mentioned, uh, the EOs are, are a directive to, and I'll paraphrase here, do everything in your power to undo everything that was done in the previous administration. Yeah, I thought it was, a, it was I read the XO um, last night, and I thought it was great. 
Yes. It was well written. I'm I'm looking forward to copying all this stuff down when we get in there. Yes, and and I will... it's just it's just like I want you to look at everything that happened between January twentieth, twenty seventeen, and yesterday morning, and get back to me on how we're going to blow it up. Yeah. I mean, it was so awesome. And of course, it wasn't even like it wasn't even like you know some of that might be good or some might be bad. I want you, I want you know give me an assessment of the good and the bad. Uh-uh. It's just like and how we're going to unravel all yeah. of it. It was so great. But at the same time, they're basically adopting, you know. Trump's COVID stuff. So we'll see how that all shakes out. But, um, you know, it is not much different than what Trump did, which was whatever these guys did, let's see what we can do to undo. And the problem goes back to, and I, I continue to beat this horse, this dead horse, Congress's inability to assert itself into this process. Self-inflicted wound. Yeah. I mean, you know, it... it, it the whips... Uh, this, this pendulum will continue to shift widely. Yeah. You know, nobody's nobody. What we what we need, if we were serious, we would have some legislation on the Clean Air Act and climate, and we would come to some sort of societal agreement about what we're prepared to do and what we're prepared to spend, and what we actually all think about it, and what can get the votes in the legislature, and somebody would sign it, and that would lock us in for fifteen or twenty years, and everybody would be happy. Um, instead, you know, guys like you and me are playing ping pong, playing a game of of generational ping pong with guys like Joe Goffman and Dan Utek, which is great um, for us. Yeah, not so great for me. I'd rather do some other stuff. Right, probably not great for the country, right? Right. Um, Well, you wanted to... Generational ping pong. (laughs) That's trademark. Don't be anybody use it. We should have a sub, like a... Like a <laughs> subcat, like we got the unregulated podcast, but then we should have a title for each one of our episodes. I'll call this one Generational Ping Pong. That's good. I like it. It is good. I like it too. Um, all right. So we got to wrap early because I know you have an yeah, obligation. We got, we got, so what else you got on your mind? Here? I, got, what, what I, got, I got two other things, three other things on my mind. One, you know, is football's coming at the end. So okay. just. just I know, I know these picks have been hard for you. No, they have been great for me. I want to read out of the Wall Street Journal uh, inauguration day. Yeah, um, this is from a speech that Mike Pompeo gave the day before. That's actually from an op-ed that Mike Mike Pompeo had written in the Washington Post the day before, which kind of annoys me. Secretary Pompeo, I expect you to use the Washington Times from now on if you can. Um, the Chinese Communist Party, like other authoritarian regimes, has never cherished human life. Today, after careful deliberation, I've determined that the People's Republic of China, under the direction and control of the Chinese Communist Party, has committed genocide and crimes against humanity, against the predominantly Muslim Uyghurs and other ethnic and religious minority groups, including ethnic Kazakhs. This announcement's a result of years of blah, blah, blah. Um, that is the most unreported on thing that happened. Um, this week, right? By identifying the Chinese as engaging in genocide, he essentially puts it puts the um, Biden administration in a box on it, and the a, a, a much needed and oh, a, an absolutely, absolutely, absolutely justifiable box, absolutely. And the uh, and the sec both the both the um, nominee for Secretary of Defense and the nominee for Secretary of State, right? Um, General Austin and um, Mr. Blinken, right? Um, both in their nomination or confirmation hearings later in the week um, said that they agreed, that they agreed with that assessment, right? Okay, we're going to, we are heading towards, remember we were talking about cross purposes across issues? No way, no way we're going to have EVs in any number and still consider Chinese uh, Chinese communists to be engaged in genocide. One uh, of those, they'll, they'll figure out a way to, one to of get those, around that. One of those existential things, threat of climate change supersedes oh, all. Come on. One one of those things of has to give. Injustice. One of those things has to give. And you know what? Nobody believes it's an existential threat. Who believes it's an existential threat? I bet you fifty bucks. The climate worshippers do. Yeah, no, they don't. They do sure not. They do. If they did, they would. You're wouldn't. not in their heads. You don't know. If they did, they wouldn't be on planes. They wouldn't be in cars, and they wouldn't heat their homes. If you really, wait a minute. But the president is a as a eminent danger to the country, and therefore must be impeached. Oh wait, he's not here anymore. He's in Florida, and yet they're continuing with this. If this was such a threat. Why did they wait to for a week? And then why are they holding the impeachment? It's it's nonsense, is what it is. So so I view my point about this oh, is yeah, the climate yeah, change. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. If they all if they all acted 
the way that they're talking about this, yeah, then we wouldn't even yeah. be having this discussion. That's right. I mean, you know, I like I I think about it this way, and it could, mostly because I think it makes people uncomfortable. Um, if the early Christians had run around and said, "I have something transformational to tell you about the world," right, that. Um, the opening to the Gospel of Mark, I, I am a herald, a, a messenger of the good news of Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, the sons of God, by the way, in the Roman world were um, Caesars, the emperors. That's how they identify themselves, the yep. sons of God, right? Feel this day. Um, I have something transformational to tell you. And then gone about living their lives. Nobody, right. nobody would have believed him. Hung like, out with, like, you know, okay. Roman soldiers. Yeah, yeah. And okay, so these guys continue really... to go to the temple and yeah. sacrifice animals yeah. and things like that. So these guys really aren't transformational. And also, like, basically, were hunted down and killed, tortured, and killed. Yeah, yeah. for um, for for, for three hundred years, right? They were executed, right? right? In in a fairly systematic way. You know, all these climate change guys are all the same. It's 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 existential, and it's this and it's that and the other thing. But you know what? It's not really, because if you really thought it was as extensional, you would have legislation up now. It would be your first thing, not your it stimulus thing. It is an organizing your tool first thing. for the progressives. Of course it is. what it is. Of and course it's it is. it's shameful. It's great. It's not shameful. It's, it's great. It's shameful because— There's it, no it such thing as shame in America. The people they claim to be helping the most are the ones who will be hurt the most by these policies if we can't stop them or at least the, the, the larger aspects of them. By the way, quickly, bullet round— I got one more. Pothole Pete. Pothole Pete, yeah. Uh, former Mayor Pete, now Pothole Pete. Yeah, so Pete found out the other day. Well, he needs to be <laughs> careful, said, right? What? Gas tags on the Gas table tags. for four and a half seconds. <laughs> yeah, I feel, uh, I feel, I feel like <laughs> I felt great. I'm sitting here watching that questioning. I'm watching that line of questioning. I'm thinking, Mayor Pete. Pete, Pete. Careful, careful, yeah, careful, no. careful, careful, careful. They, they right over the cliff. Yeah. I'm like, dude, how could you not see this coming, dude? Um, yeah, then the, the people who are actually running the administration said, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. It, it, well, again, I think a lot of things about President Biden, but I don't think he's a liar, and I don't think he's a weasel, right? He said no – Plagiarizer. Yes. Um, he even plagiarized inside the inauguration speech. Yep. Um, but, but um, you know, he said to nobody – he has said repeatedly and emphatically no one who makes less than $400,000 is going to have a tax increase while I'm president. Okay. That's that, right? That's a hard line. Unfortunately, that means we're not going to get a carbon tax vote, although I kind of hope we do because um, I'd like to, you know, like Jerry Taylor to maybe have one of his stooges threaten my life. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> should, should we share this in case others didn't? Will Wilkinson is a, apparently a contract hitter. Uh, maybe we should, should change that phrase. Is a contract person um, for uh, the Niskanen Center, right? Along with Dave Don. Donning, Donning, Doniger, Doniger, yeah. who's at the NRDC. So yeah. basically, Niskanen hires, yeah, you know, people of people of 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 questionable political vintage. Um, so, Providence, not vintage. So, um, I will put out a tweet that said, "Hey, if Biden really wanted to unify the country, he'd hang Mike Pence. Um, he'd hang Mike Pence." And I, even I, who's I'm completely jaded, was shocked by reading that. I'm like. <laughs> Okay, first off, that's what incitement to violence looks like. Yeah. Not like, hey, let's go fight for our cause, but hey, you should hang this guy. Um, I, I, I'm still, a couple of days later, still stunned by it. Um, and apparently uh, Jerry Taylor, who runs in the Scannon Center and is, of course, a notorious carbon tax supporter, um, had to fire the guy, which I'm sure made him feel bad because Jerry himself has encouraged violence on other people. Yes. Um, and said that, you know, in St. Louis, if he were marching with the BLM guys in St. Louis, he'd have, I forget the exact phrase, basically punched the St. Louis couple with the guns. I'm yep. like, that's that's Jerry all over. You, you'd punch a guy with a gun? It, yeah. Bad news, he'd probably shoot you when you got about <laughs> yeah. three feet out. So anyway, sorry. That's uh, the story. No, that's fine. Uh, it's, worth, it's worth the trip. Yeah. And um, – so the one other one other thing I want to hit right real quick on this this free speech thing. I mean, you know, we're I don't want to hit it too hard, but Max Boot, um, who is an anti-Trumper, never Trumper, whatever. Max Boot wrote an editorial in the Washington Post. I want to say this morning, might have been yesterday morning. We'll put it in the show notes. In which he said that um, Comcast and other other um, 
cable providers should um, deplatform Fox, Newsmax, Newsmax, and One American Network, right? Um, because they tell lies. Put that in quotes, right? Um, that's the most terrifying thing. The terrifying thing was that happened last week was not that Twitter bounced the president. Twitter's a private company. They can do what they want. The terrifying thing was that Amazon Web Services would not host Parler. That's right. You know, and Comcast and AWS are common carriers, even if we don't call them that. Um, and a guy like Boot, born in Moscow, of Jewish parents, you'd think a fellow like that would be super careful about um, chopping down the, the institutions in society that, that preserve freedom of speech. Um, and, and it, and or, it, it, or it, further it, or advanced narratives. The guy makes his living writing, right? The I guy understand. makes his just, living. That was my frustration with the media that don't report anymore, I mean, but he makes his living writing. It, 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 I cannot believe that somebody can look at that and say, Hey, that's a good thing. Um, yeah. it, of everything that happened in the last 10 days on this stuff, last 15 days that's the most shocking i didn't you know i expected twitter to do what they did and facebook and youtube and i knew aws was going to do it but to have a professional writer um, essentially be in favor of of vitiating the first amendment we are in some you know the biden guys they're an annoyance these this free speech question that this is a we're at a dark dark moment here and, and i'm hopeful it turns out good but I'm not confident. Well, when you have politicians who are basically echoing that as well, it's just um, bad. the lieutenant governor of yeah. Pennsylvania. It's all bad. Well, say, well Shopify, Shopify taking, taking the MyPillow guy off, off all the platforms. I'm like, Kohl's is not selling their uh, pillow it, either. It, we are just, you know, we are in some, we are yeah. in some dark, dark Between moments. what I witnessed in Washington, D.C., uh, over the last week, with the with the National Guard at every street, yeah, it's not good. It's and, and 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 a friend of mine who lives in Texas. I was texting her about. It. She said I I was in a restaurant because Texas is still relatively free. You it's American. It's, it's free American, like Virginia. <clears throat> and she said that this stuff was happening live on TV, and she was like glued, like horrified, glued to the TV, and. Most people weren't even paying attention to it. Yeah. Why would they? It doesn't have anything to do with their lives. And that's the tricky thing about this, right? You know, that's why <laughs> that's why that's why it this, has too much to do with their lives. That's the problem they in don't, this they, town. They, well, yeah, they don't get it, right? Um the guys like Max, guys like Jerry, guys like Will Wilkinson, right? They're termites. They're termites chewing away at the foundation. That's not good. I mean, I know they think they're doing the good, the right thing, but they're not. They're just not. Anyway, enough of that. Yeah. Um, football? <laughs> Look, <clears throat> I usually get about 50% of my picks each week, but the one that matters is the one you're, you're, you're locked that and keeps moving forward. You're locked and loaded. So, All right, I'm, you got we, let's me. do I, the NFC I'm first. Going bi- Packers, NFC. Packers, Tampa Bay. Keep in mind, it's in, <sighs> it's in Green Bay. It's going to be 24 degrees. Okay, this is difficult for me. Uh, there's a lot of things... Now that it's down to these four that they're posing a challenge for me. Yeah. As a lifelong Bills fan who has largely not watched football over the last 15 years for obvious reasons. Um, okay, so I'd love to see the Bills versus the Bucks. But However, <laughs> I don't know if I really want to see the Bills versus the Bucks if the Bills don't beat the Bucks, because that would be five Super Bowls that they were in and five that they lost, and they would have lost it to Brady. But, but the po- the possibility of the Bills advancing to the Super Bowl and beating Tom Brady, that's just that's just epic. So you you're gonna pick so Tampa Bay. I I don't. I'm not making these picks based on the odds. You're but you're, I'm going Bucks. You're, you're Bills, like a girl. Baby. You're making I'm, them on basis of uniform. It <laughs> would be like so cool if the Bills. Now on the other hand, if the Bills don't. If the Bills go into the Super Bowl and lose again, I'm my heart will I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'll they're coming ready. back. They're coming back. But they're, they are. They are. I'm. I'm right now. They're the second best team in the NFC. They're a really sh- solid team, and they're I'm just gelling now. I'm not even going to ask you about the Bills gel, and the Chiefs. So. I know you're going to pick the. Bills. I, I think it's going to be tough. What I would have preferred was 
that Mahomes be in the game. Have they? They haven't. They haven't. I think he's out. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really matter. You you want you want the terrible truth? Bills are a better team than the Chiefs. Yeah, even with even even with I get it. Even I with Mahomes, the, I don't want that to be the excuse if they end up winning. Even with Mahomes, the Bills are a better team. They're going to win anyway. I think they're going to win. I think the Packers are going to win. Bad news. So Bills pack. Bad news. The Packers are going to beat the Bills. Well, we'll see how it shakes out. Aaron Rodgers is on a mission. He's got to close this out before the end of his career. Yeah, well, that was the same for Breeze, and he didn't make it. So, well, he he's like forty two. Aaron's only like thirty six, thirty seven. <laughs> yeah. He's only he's only creaky, not old and creaky. <laughs> but if they are Green Bay, then that might might not bode well for for Brady. So, Tom, although, I mean, Tom Brady's time has passed. He doesn't do well in the cold. He doesn't do well against guys who rush up the middle. The Packers have both. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I have um, a clip of the day uh, to close out this episode. Um, by the way, before you get to that next week, we're going to have at least one and maybe two secret guest stars. No, I think we'll probably stick to one. We don't want to sh- shock our audience by having We're going to have one guests. or two former administration officials who, who will tell us a bunch of interesting lies. All right. Um, in the spirit of Inauguration Week, I just wanted to share with our audience the peaceful transition of power in the last inauguration. Not everyone gathered here in Washington today came to celebrate President Trump's inauguration. Protesters lined part of the parade route, and in some parts of the Capitol, there were confrontations with police. The anger reaching a boiling point in the nation's capital after President Trump took the oath of office. Police in riot gear facing off against the protesters just six blocks from the inaugural parade. Unleashing pepper spray, concussion grenades, all to disperse the crowd. Burning cars and smashed windows. A small group of protesters dressed in black, their faces covered, armed with hammers and bricks. Facing off with thousands of officers on site, many in riot gear, confronting them with flashbang grenades and pepper spray. Before the swearing in ceremony even began, protesters tried to block checkpoint entrances. During President Trump's speech, several demonstrators were escorted out of the area. Several officers injured during the protest today, and more than 100 people arrested. Tonight, thousands of protesters remain in downtown D.C., occasionally facing off with police. We have seen many people injured, both protesters and police officers. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen... (laughs) That is a peaceful transition of power. And it's a it's a peaceful transition of us getting out of here. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. I'm a unity. <laughs>